welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, September 10th, 2017, on the basis of Matthew 16, verses 21 through 26. So recently I came across what might be described as a modern-day parable. It's a story about a customs official who worked on the border between two nations, and one day a driver in a truck pulled up to the border, and instantly that customs official was suspicious. So he searched the truck from top to bottom, looking for any sort of illegal contraband that might be inside, but he didn't find anything. The next week, very same thing happened. Same driver, same truck. In fact, week after week after week, for years, this went on. The customs official was suspicious the whole time, and yet never was he able to find anything illegal inside of that man's truck. Finally, after years, it came time for the customs official to retire. And on his very last day, same driver, same truck, came up to the checkpoint. And the customs official said, look, it's my last day. I'm about to clock out. There's no longer anything that I can possibly do to you, but I just, I have to know, what have you been smuggling into our country this entire time? And the driver looks at him, smiles, and says, trucks. <laughs> I like that story. I, I tell you that story this morning because if you ask me, the idea that we are talking about today is kind of like the truck. You see, our spiritual enemies are constantly trying to smuggle into our hearts all kinds of ideas that are contrary to God's word and therefore toxic to our faith. In fact, you can probably come up with some of those ideas. You can probably think of some of those ideas. We might think of ideas that are related to God's plan for marriage or God's gift of sex. We might think about ideas related to the use of drugs or alcohol or other controlling substances. We might think of our bodies and how we are supposed to use them. We might think of money and how we're supposed to use it. All kinds of ideas that are toxic and poisonous to our souls trying to be smuggled right into the depths of our heart. And yet each and every one of those ideas is sort of like something in the truck, but the truck itself is something else. The truck, in a word, is pleasure. Now I want to make it very clear right at the, at the outset of today's sermon that there is nothing wrong or inherently bad with pleasure. In fact, pleasure is a wonderful gift from God. But the truck is this idea that the ultimate purpose in life is for me to pursue pleasure. That the highest good is for me to look inside myself, figure out what it is that's going to make me happy, and then go after it and attain it. And on the flip side, that the highest evil in all the world is if someone would take that very same thing that I've decided is going to make me happy and they would deny me it or deprive me of it. As one Christian author put it, in today's culture, Pleasure is its own defense. Pleasure is self-justifying. If you say that something makes you happy, you don't really need to say anything more about it. You have license to go after it. And so that is what Jesus huddled up with his disciples to talk about. That truck is one of the topics that he covered with his disciples during this time of withdrawal, during this time of retreat, as he prepared them to go out into the world without him. 
And as we look at these verses from the Gospel of Matthew today, we're specifically going to see that Jesus has a plan that is very different from pleasure. And specifically, we will see these three things. First of all, we'll see that the essence of Jesus' plan is completely incompatible with what we normally hear about pleasure. Secondly, we'll see that the necessity of Jesus' plan is inescapable and that the beauty of Jesus' plan is incomparable. So what exactly is Jesus' plan? Well, it really can be summed up in one single word that you heard in today's gospel. It's that word cross. Now, normally when we think about a cross, we think of a thing. We think of an object. We think of the the piece of wood on which Jesus died for our sins. But in these verses, at least in the second half, Jesus uses that word cross as a symbol, as an emblem, you might say. It stands for something. And what that cross stands for is self-denial. The idea that we would willingly let go of something that otherwise makes us happy and gives us pleasure, that we would willingly deny ourselves that thing. Now, why in the world would we do that? Well, one reason might be that that thing itself is inherently wicked, that God calls it evil. But another reason might be that even though that thing is inherently neutral or even good, that out of love for God, who comes number one on our list, and out of love for our neighbor, who is second, we still are willing to let go of that thing. We willingly deny ourselves that thing, not because it's bad, but in favor of something better. That's what it means to carry a cross. That's Jesus' plan, self-denial. Now, I don't know if I even need to tell you how incompatible that is with what we normally hear about this topic of pleasure. Normally, we hear things like, be true to yourself. Listen to your inner voice. Follow your heart. Those are things that are all around us. In fact, those are things that from a very early age in life, we are spoon-fed right along with our strained peas and carrots while we're sitting in our high chair. Those things are all around us. They are the air we breathe. They are trying to be smuggled into our hearts in so many different ways, including even in our favorite movies. For example, Princess Elsa tells us to break through those boundaries, whatever they may be, to stop holding back and just let it go, right? Belle tells us to long for, to dream for more than just this provincial life, right? To dream for something bigger and better out there in the great wide open. Finally, Moana. She tells us that whatever line there might be, just listen to that inner voice that is calling you and, if necessary, cross over that line. I could go on and on and on. Now, I don't want to give the impression in any way that Disney is evil. We watch all of those movies in my house. We sing all of those songs. Nor do I even want to give the impression that, that having ambition, having goals, having dreams in life is evil. It's not. But this idea that we would ever let go of those things, sacrifice those things, deny ourselves those things in favor of something higher and better, that is not only foreign in our world, that is completely incompatible with what we normally hear about pleasure. In fact, I don't know if you realized it, but just a couple of minutes ago, you sang, in your service, pain is pleasure, in your favor, loss is gain. And I don't know about you, but I don't hear any Disney princesses singing songs like that. 
In fact, we don't even have to look at the world around us to find opposition to this plan that Jesus lays out. The opposition comes from right with inside of our human hearts. You maybe notice that in this lesson, the opposition is not coming from the world, it's coming from one of Jesus' disciples. Peter, when he hears this plan, he takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. He scolds the Son of God. That's how incompatible Jesus' plan is with what we normally hear and how we naturally think about pleasure. So maybe we can kind of just set this one aside and ignore it. I mean, Jesus gives us all kinds of instruction about all kinds of different things that he wants us to do as we follow him. Maybe we can direct our attention and our effort elsewhere and sort of let this one just kind of go to the sidelines. That's why there's this second thing that Jesus wants to teach us. Not just that the essence of his plan is incompatible with what we normally hear about pleasure, but that the necessity of his plan is inescapable. The cross, self-denial, is necessary not only for Jesus, but also for us, even though in different ways and for different reasons. Self-denial was necessary for Jesus because that's what prompted him to lay down his life for our sins. And I think it's easy for us to see why that is necessary. If Jesus hadn't done those things, we would still be in our sins. All of the crimes we've committed against God and against our fellow human beings would still stand against us, and the punishment for those crimes would still be waiting for us. That's why Jesus said that he must suffer and die for our sins. The cross is very much necessary for Jesus. Jesus also wants us to see that same necessity in our self-denial, in the crosses that we take up. In fact, that's why he chose the cross as a symbol for self-denial. It's not just something that's out there on the periphery. It's right in the heart and center of our faith. Jesus wants us to know that, that self-denial is not something that takes us from being regular, ordinary Christians to VIP access Christians. It's not something that takes us from Christians who usually sit on the bench and thrusts us into the starting lineup. No, Jesus says, whoever would come after me, each and every one of us, whoever would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The same necessity that was there in the cross of Jesus is there for us too. For a very different reason, however. Jesus' cross accomplished our salvation, right? Our crosses obviously do not accomplish our salvation. We don't earn heaven by denying ourselves, but our crosses do, our self-denial does, keep us from exchanging the salvation that Jesus freely offers us for something else and something far inferior. Maybe think of it this way. Jesus is sort of like the one square peg that fits into the square hole that is our human hearts. What Jesus offers us is the one and only thing that can satisfy the deepest longings and desires of our hearts. And yet it's so easy for us to think that we can satisfy those desires with other things. And so we pursue our dreams and our aspirations of, of wealth, of power, of fame, of popularity, romance, whatever it is, thinking we can fill our hearts that way. But in the process, we take that square hole and we build up the sides a little bit, and the corners kind of get rounded off from all the things that we're trying to cram in there. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along with this square peg, and it doesn't fit anymore. Because we've decided that we can find what Jesus offers somewhere else instead. That's why Jesus says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. That's why he says, what can a man possibly gain in exchange for his soul? 
our self-denial is what keeps the square peg of our hearts square. It makes sure that the one thing that can fill it up completely still fits. And that's why Jesus says that it's absolutely necessary. So there's the plan. Jesus huddles up his disciples. He says, rather than pursuing pleasure, you have to deny yourselves. And this is absolutely necessary. You can't beg off of it. Who's with me? On three, ready, break. Here we go. I think the more we understand this plan, the more we realize why Jesus' disciples, including you and me, are often so reluctant to break that huddle, run to the line of scrimmage, and execute Jesus' play. So often we, too, have pursued satisfaction and fulfillment as the absolute highest good in life and and sort of scorned and turned up our noses at self-denial as vehemently as Peter did. We look at our lives, and I think it's easy to see evidence of examples where the people calling the shots, the voices calling the shots, are the voices of Elsa and Belle and Moana, and not so much our Savior Jesus. And that's why Jesus knew that he couldn't just explain the plan. In order for him to have followers who would be willing to follow the plan, willing to take up their crosses, Jesus knew this third important lesson that he needed to teach. He needed to demonstrate the beauty of his plan. See, Jesus doesn't tell us to to let go of pleasure because he's against pleasure. In fact, he's very much in favor of it and wants to give us pleasure to its maximum enjoyment. Jesus doesn't tell us to let go of things that wouldn't satisfy us anyways because he's against them, but really because he he wants to replace those things with things that are even better, things that never fail and never end. That's why Jesus said, if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you will find it. Jesus doesn't want us to simply let go of things for the sake of letting them go. He wants to replace those things with things that are even better. His riches, his glory. And in fact, the act of letting go of those trivial and inferior pleasures will actually make us enjoy the ones that he offers even more. And here's why. So later on tonight, all kinds of men and women are going to run across a finish line while hundreds, thousands of people on either side cheer them on and while an announcer over a loudspeaker says, you are an Iron Man. Why do you think that's such an important thing for that person? Why do you think they're going to enjoy that moment so much? Why will that be one of those, the most memorable moments of their entire life. I mean, we could recreate that moment right here in church this morning. We could have one of you line up on one side, run to the other. We'll put a crowd on either side. I'll serve as the PA announcer, and I'll say, you are an Iron Man. Would you enjoy it as much as you think the people are tonight when they actually cross that finish line? Well, of course not. Reaching the finish line isn't the same if you take away the pain, the sacrifice, the commitment, the hard work that it took to get there. You take away the pain of the journey and you lose the joy of the prize. And that's what Jesus promises, that this act of letting go of pleasures in this life, as difficult and painful as it sometimes is, it will actually increase our joy for what he has to offer us. You take away the pain of the journey and you lose the joy of the prize. That's, that's the beauty of of Jesus' plan, that this painful self-denial doesn't diminish 
our joy and our satisfaction. It actually increases it. All right, so now are you ready to break the huddle? To go out and live this life of self-denial? In other words, do you trust the plan that Jesus has laid out? Well, I've saved the best news for last this morning. The best news of all is that you don't have to. You don't simply have to take Jesus' word for it that this is going to work. Because in the cross, Jesus hasn't simply told us about a plan. He's given us a plan that he's already shown works. In fact, that's the reason he chooses the cross as the symbol for this plan. Not only so that we remember what the plan is, but so that we also recall how the plan turned out. In fact, the more I thought about that parable I told at the beginning this week, the more I realized that things actually needed to be reversed. The unbridled pursuit of pleasure, that lives at home in our hearts. The idea of self-denial, that's the idea that needs to be smuggled in. And so that's what Jesus came to do. He showed up not as the customs officer trying to keep things out. He showed up as the truck driver who's going to smuggle in self-denial. So he shows up at that checkpoint. And strangely enough, there's no suspicion of what Jesus is about to do to his enemies because in a world where everyone is pursuing pleasure, if you're the one person who's not, they'll just let you go. In fact, the plan that Jesus had of self-denial is just one more opportunity for everyone else to exercise their own plan of selfish ambition against him. And so they let him right through, and in he goes with that truck into the heart of enemy territory all the way to death. And in so doing, he does something that none of his enemies could have ever conceived was possible. He robs them of all of their power. He disarms them of all of their authority. He exposes all of their lies for what they truly are. And most importantly of all, he invades their prison, opens the doors, and sets the enemy's captives free. And then most amazingly of all, three days later, he waltzes right out victoriously with us following closely behind. Friends, in the cross, Jesus doesn't just give you a plan. He gives you a plan that he's already proven works. So follow him. Take up that cross. Deny yourselves and know with absolute confidence not only that that's the plan, but that it truly works. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.